Greetings. Welcome back to Joy in the Morning podcast, where we have real conversations about life and faith. I'm your host, Joy Richard, and I'm so thankful that you've decided to tune back in. I'm very excited about today's episode as we have our first guest. So please keep your ears, hearts, and minds open as we dig in and we share about God's plan versus your own plan and what the faith journey looks like for our guests. Welcome our first guest to join the morning podcast. We have Erin Like here. She's going to share a little bit about her faith journey, what has drawn her to or away from faith. I'm really excited to have you, Erin. A little background. We went to the same church together growing up um, and um, we reconnected over the last few years. And when I first talked about the podcast, she was among some of the first people I told and she was very encouraging, also inspiration for the podcast intro song. I knew nothing about it. And she was like, oh, this would be great. And then I loved it. And now I use it all the time. So thank you. Thank you for being here. Thank you for being willing to share your story and talk about your faith. And let's dive in. You want to talk a little bit about who you are, your background, where you came from? I am Erin Mike. Indeed. And Erin Like is a um, a God fearing woman, yes. looking for innovative ways to give Him the glory. Mm, I like that. Looking for innovative ways to yeah. give Him the glory. That's good. Yeah, that's who I am. I grew up in a, hmm, I guess, non conventional household, single parent household. Mm-hmm. Uh, grew up just raised by a village. After losing my dad. Uh, I had family to step in, my sister, aunts, grandmas, but specifically my maternal grandmother stepped in and um, really helped raise me. My mom was working, she was in school, had a lot going on, so it definitely took a village to get me where I am today. Shout out to my village. We love a village, yes. It's important what is that saying, you know, it takes a village to raise a child. I think there's so much truth to that. And without my village I definitely wouldn't be who I am I wouldn't have the faith that I have um or the strength that I have really and so shout out to the villages today shout out to my village specifically yes I love that well let's dive in here um and you talked a little bit about who you are and what your background is um I think I already mentioned you were raised in the church but do you want to talk about what that experience was like for you like what were your first encounters with God? And through that, was there ever a time that you, you know, stepped away? Or do you feel like you were always really rooted in your faith? Um, yeah, just talk a little bit about your background as far as your faith goes. Um, I grew up in the church. My mom and my dad met in the church. My mom sang in the choir. My dad played the drums. But I've always grown up in the church. My mom is always sang in the choir. Um, I remember at four years old, I saw my mom catch the Holy Ghost for the first time, and it scared me so bad. Question, and I just, question sorry to interrupt. <laughs> Did you think that she died? Yes, I used okay. to tell people that she died in church. <laughs> when I ended up going to FCC, there was a Miss Aaron. I don't know if you remember Miss Aaron. 
but she was the dance yes, teacher. Yes, I remember her. And um, she was such so sweet. I love Pe- her. Not Peter Popoff. Benny Hinn came to the church, <laughs> and I was terrified yeah. because people were just falling. <laughs> just falling. Everybody was dying. Yes, and I was crying and freaking out, and I was like, "My mama died in church before she can't do it again." She did. That's funny. The Holy Ghost was terrifying yes. to me. Anytime that. It got intense in there. I would just cry and scream. It just mm. looked like chaos mm. to me, honestly. But I'm familiar cha- with that feeling. Yeah, but I changed churches. <laughs> the Holy Ghost wasn't there. Well, glory to God. <laughs> yeah, glory to God. Lord, that... forgive me. <laughs> no, it's okay. I, th- I mean, like, it's important to talk about those things and like. The whole point of joy in the morning is the real conversations about life and faith. The real like experience of growing up in church, the real experience of maybe going somewhere else and it wasn't a genuine house of worship. And that's Mm -hmm. okay to talk about um, because I feel like in church culture, those are the things that we cover up and we try to make it sound like every church is great, every church is perfect and everywhere you go that God is there and that's simply not true. I've definitely been in houses and churches where I was like, I don't think God is in this. And Mm -hmm. my spirit was definitely disturbed and at times it was confusing to me when I was younger because you're raised to kind of think that like, oh, church is good. And we don't talk about the flaws there or the ways that people get hurt there. And that's a lot of like a lot of people's experience when you really talk to them. And so to me, it was confusing because I'm expecting like this is church. Everything is supposed to be good. Everything is supposed to be great. All these people are, especially if you're younger and people are older than you, then you think they're all mature in their faith. They already know, like, they're deeply rooted in Christ and what they say goes because they have the spiritual authority over me. But as I had different experiences, I found that, like, that's not always true. And then that became very confusing and conflicting to me. And I didn't always know how to handle that. And it, those were the experiences that drew me away from faith, that drew me away from God because... I was like, oh, this shouldn't be happening. And then the people that were in charge were okay with what was happening. And so I think it's okay to say that, like, I was in a place and (laughs) the spirit wasn't there because sometimes that's that's the case. And so, like, how did you navigate that? Um, I was really young at the Mm. time. So the difference, I didn't really, I wasn't able to measure the difference because it was supplemented by... um, Glitz and glamour. So with the glitz and I was very intrigued in the glitz and glamour and the plays and the production. So that kind of covers up everything else. But I left my first church when I was only four years old and I was at the new church by five or six. So mm-hmm. don't really remember much, but I think a lot was you know covered up by performing arts in a way. And that just became the worship or the spirit. Yeah. Do you feel um, that you had genuine spiritual experiences there? And how long were you at that church? I don't think so. Mm. I was at that church for about 17 years. Wow, okay. So essentially since I was five until I went to college. Okay. I don't think I truly encountered God back then. I would have thought I had because maybe Mm -hmm. I just got emotional during church and was crying, but that doesn't necessarily mean that you're having an encounter with Mm -hmm. God. Um, But I think it was a good foundation 
to keep God in my life, to just keep my heart pure. Mm -hmm. But I don't think that I truly encountered God until I was in college. Do you mind talking more about that, like about your encounter um, and what was it that really drew you to God? Um, It's kind of interesting because I ended up getting drawn away from God. Like sometimes God pulls me away from Mm -hmm. things to pull me closer to him. But it was actually during COVID. COVID was such... It was a rough time. It was a time. It was yeah. such a time. It's just everything did a complete 180. Yeah. Everything's peaches and cream, and then all of a sudden, you need to leave school, COVID. Yeah, yeah. Everything's over. Scary. Internship, big question mark. Mm-hmm. Life, question mark. Vaccine, question, question mark. mark. Yes, yeah, true. Just <laughs> confusion. I yeah. am confusion. And I was in a relationship that was not going well, very mm-hmm. toxic, and um, it was just kind of taking a toll on me. And my mom has a friend. I was telling you about her earlier. My oh, mom yes. has a friend who's very spiritual. And for some reason, anytime me or my mom, like we're going through something, mm. she knows and she's praying for us and she'll send a text message or something. And just kind of having a, a rough time with him and him not giving me the attention I want, I mm-hmm. guess. But just not really working out. And she ended up kind of calling me and praying for me and telling me Mm -hmm. that I needed to make a decision about him because we were already wavering. I would break up with him, get back with him. On and off type of situation. Yeah, it's just, you know, I'd rather have you than not have you, although you're not good for me. I would rather have something than... I've been there. Nothing, yeah. Yeah. Thank God for deliverance. (laughs) Um, (laughs) But she ended up giving me a call and was like basically... She gave me a lot of information. Mm. But the number one thing that stuck out to me was you need to make a decision about him. Mm. And she gave me very specific instructions. She told me what song to listen to, and she told me to worship to it. And she said that something was going to happen, but she didn't want to tell me what was going to happen because sometimes you start to get anxious and anticipate encounters with God. Yeah. So... I played the song and I'm just trying to force an encounter. Correct. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm playing a song. I can't even remember what song it is. And I've asked her about it recently and she doesn't know either, (laughs) but I'm listening to the song and it's kind of a feel good song. I'm like, okay, whatever. And then at the end of the song, I find myself on my knees, just kind of worshiping and I lift my hands up and I feel two taps on my right hand. Mm, Wow. And I just started weeping because I know I know I'm not crazy. I know it's not like my pulse or a neuron. It's like two taps in the center of my right hand. Mm-hmm. So I called her back, and she was like, "What happened?" I was like, "He tapped my hand twice," and she was like, "Just know that he's always with you." Mm-hmm. And after that, I completely lost it. And it's like from that moment on, God just continued to show me that He's always mindful of me. I went wow. to Dollar Tree to buy a Bible, because I'm like, you know, I need to get in the Word. Actually, yeah. I did this before. No, I don't know if I did this before or after. Mm-hmm. But I went to Dollar Tree in that season and bought a Bible. Mm-hmm. And when I opened the Bible, I just opened it where the bookmark was, mm-hmm. and it was on like John 15, 
or John 14 through 16, essentially. Mm. It's a tiny Bible. So, you know, the tiny Bible. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like four chapters on, on <laughs> one page. page. Yeah. It's a six point font. And um, <laughs> it's true, yeah. <laughs> and it was like John 14 through 16, basically saying that what what is not bearing fruit on your vine, God will wow. cut off, and how God is with the brokenhearted. And like at that point, I had lost it. I'm like, you've been hearing my prayers. Wow. Uh, my prayers aren't just going to waste. Yeah. You're tapping my hand. And at the, from that point forward, I'm like, okay, I need to pick myself up because mm-hmm. God is real. He's with me. I'm not just praying mm-hmm. to somebody who doesn't exist but that was my first remembrance of being acknowledged by God that like he knows who I am he knows that I exist and it's just kind of been up from there what an experience what an experience truly like to a to have such specific instruction like I think that's one thing that I really that amazes me about God and the Christian experience I guess you can say um is like how he moves and talks through other people. And I used to kind of not be a big believer in that for a lot of reasons. Like I just saw people taken advantage of in that space. But I also, I think I'm a little bit, I can be a little bit of a doubting Thomas. I usually look at things skeptically first and I'm like, uh, I don't know. I don't know about that. Like you were talking about Benny Hinn earlier and people <laughs> falling out and like, yeah. I had experienced that younger as well. Like, I saw my parents fall out in church. Also, I thought they were dead. Me and my brother lost it, started crying. They had to take us out to the back. Called the then, ambulance. Listen. <laughs> Please. Then, Police. like, there, they came too. And I was like, oh, this is fine. Like, everything is fine. But the first time I experienced falling out, I was like, this is not going to happen. Like, it's not, it's not real. People just be falling or they're pushed. And for me, someone, like, they stood a distance away from me and they literally blew <laughs> and I literally was knocked back into the wall. <laughs> and I was like, you know what? It's real. <laughs> and, um, but all that to say, like, it's always interesting to me how God works through people and how he cares so much to send people with details about your life. And um, I remember the first time someone kind of dealt with me prophetically. I was like, this is crazy. Like, you don't know anything about me but you're able to tell me about my life in detail. And I think that speaks to how much God cares about us, how much he cares about our experience, how much he cares about our heart. And I love that like your experience was so unique to you. And I think um, like the more, the more we have guests, but the more that people dive into their own faith experience, they'll realize like Christianity and church and God from a distance can seem so general when you really get into having a relationship with God, um, he really deals with you specifically. And so I love that that experience was so unique to you. Um, but you started to mention that like, you felt like God like drew you away first or that Mm -hmm. you were drawn away from your faith first. Do you mind sharing a little bit about that? And like, what was it that drew you away from faith and away from God? And then, you know, you've already talked about the journey back, but like what kind of set you up to be in that place? A a relationship. Mm -hmm. Relationships are always a slippery slope. Yeah. Like a relation, any kind of platonic relationships, romantic relationships. It's just, it's an easy way to go down a slippery slope. But I was in a relationship with a guy who I really shouldn't have been. Mm -hmm. And I have a bad habit of just like picking things that I want to do and just Mm -hmm. pursuing it. And at the time, just not consulting God about it. And one day I just looked at him and I was like, I want him. 
<laughs> I want to be with him. And I didn't know mm-hmm. his name, didn't know anything. Mm-hmm. And it ended up happening. Like, he ended up reaching out to me. Wow. Ironically, I never said anything to him before. I think somebody may have introduced us, but he ended up... Um, reaching out to me, but as our relationship progressed, he was going good in the beginning, but as the relationship progressed, I love church. I've always loved mm-hmm. church. Like I've, it's my favorite activity yeah. is to, <laughs> is to go to church. Wow. And, um, like I remember just trying to get him to go to church with me or just trying to get him to engage in the things that I did because I would engage in the things that he did. He was, I'm not going to get into detail, but, um, <laughs> that's fine. That's fine. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but anyways, tried to engage in the things that he wanted to do. But when it came to me, I sang in the choir. We always have different events. We sang a lot of gospel music or yeah. old Negro spirituals. Um, but it was like pulling teeth, wow. trying to get him to come out or come to church. He would roll his eyes or drag him. And sometimes I just wanted to be with him so bad. Mm-hmm. I'm just going to stay here with you, essentially. But... um. He just made me feel really, really bad about myself. I remember him starting a business, and he'd always bounce ideas off of me, but mm-hmm. when I gave him my opinion, he'll say, like, you're not my target market, or, you know, this doesn't apply to you. Or wow. He would just make me feel kind really bad about yourself. Yeah, yeah or com- he'll compliment other girls, like, in front of me, like, I like your nails, or I like whatever. Oh, wow. He would just make me feel really, really bad about myself, hidden, not important. Like, I remember spending majority of the time just in his room, honestly, or in the kitchen with his roommates. But um, now that I recall, like, that was a very... I was probably at my lowest point, and I think Mm. that he knew that, and he saw that. And kind of took advantage of that. Yeah. It deterred me Mm -hmm. from God. Not necessarily just loving him but it was something internally like I just I just defeated Mm -hmm. in a way and once you start to feel defeated you just kind of stop trying you lose heart and it it really went downhill from there but thank God for 2020 right amen (laughs) so you feel like because you felt so low about yourself that you couldn't have a connection with God or I don't think I even really or do you feel like tried for real? It's like mm. I knew he was there, but I didn't know about relationship with God. I mm. wasn't taught relationship, mm. pray, read your Bible. I grew up going to church. You go to church. Mm. That's such a good point that That's, you make. Yeah. Because in, I think in my experience, when I got to a point where I was, when I was in high school, I was like, um, I decided for a while that I wanted to be an atheist. I was like, I'm not going to believe in God. Um, but we, I still had to go to church every Sunday, but my heart was so far from God and the things of God. And I had genuinely no desire. And I think a part of that came from, because I just felt like, what is like, what is the point? Like I'm going to church every Sunday, but I don't believe this. Mm -hmm. And even though, you know, we went to the same church and there was a lot happening and it was very glamorous and it was all in the name of God. And you know, um, I did have some genuine experiences, but that was not until after I decided to not be an atheist. <laughs> well, praise but, be to God. Right? <laughs> but, um, like, it was just like, you know, parents have a way of, you have to go to church. And they don't major on the point of having a relationship with God. And in my experience, I witnessed my mom having a relationship with God. Like, she would get up 
and just about every day, like I would see her on her knees praying. Um, and we've talked about this earlier, like my grandfather, he faithfully every night before he went to bed, genuinely got on his knees and prayed. And like everyone in my family acknowledged God, but I didn't always see genuine experience of relationship with God that was not taught. And even in like the children's churches that we went to and different things, it was a lot of encouragement and God can do this for you and God is this and God is that. But there was no genuine um, teaching about having a relationship with God. Like I didn't really get into that until I was about 20 years old of like pray, read your Bible, spend time in the presence of God. Like I started kind of dabbling with that in my own. Like I, I feel like I learned to worship, but I didn't even understand that in the context of having a relationship with God. And I feel like a lot of people, they equate the Christian experience or their relationship with God with how consistent they go to church. And while going to church is very important to the faith experience, it is not the point of the faith experience. The point is having a relationship with God. And church, the purpose of that is to be in community with other people that also have a relationship but a lot of times we end up developing a relationship with the church mm-hmm. versus a relationship with God. And it comes out of that teaching or just like, you know, we grew up going to church. This is what you do. But outside of that, what are the steps? And it's like, as you begin to grow in your relationship with God and you're learning these things from the first time, it's almost like, wow, why did I not know this before? You know? And so I really like that you bring that up of like, you know, I was taught to go to church, but like not really having a relationship with God. But um, I'm assuming your relationship with your friend that all happened while you were in college, mm-hmm. leading you up to 2020. Once you started diving into actually having a relationship with God, how did that look for you? Um, and what were kind of like your um, struggles or battles, if you will, of like actually diving into that or was it just like oh now I pray every day now I read my bible like how did you really get into developing your relationship outside of the experience that you had well in the beginning it just kind of started with me praying a little bit more Mm -hmm. and acknowledging God Mm -hmm. and that carried me for a little bit but I would still battle with just kind of anxiety still depression so I was kind of just wavering back and forth. Like sometimes I didn't feel like praying or talking to God because I didn't feel like it. I'm sad. I'm depressed. And like, I would just, the enemy would just convince me to bask in that and and Mm. be that and exude that and just kind of live in that. So, um, for a while I would just pray, try to think positive, but really just praying and acknowledging God is what really carried me through my entire senior year of college because it was a, um, a stretching mm. period. Um, new wine skin <laughs> for me. Oh, yes. <laughs> um, but yeah, just not even necessarily praying, but just talking to God sometimes. Yeah. I wouldn't formally come to him, yeah. but I just find myself in the house sometimes just talking to him, saying how I feel, or I started video journaling. Mm. And that's really like how that. I got into making content. It's just sitting in front of the camera and just talking about how I feel, cry, scream if I need to, Mm -hmm. dance if I want to, just kind of express myself. So just kind of carving out that time to Mm -hmm. be able to express myself really helped me to just open up a little bit more to God. And um, 
I really didn't start reading my word until my last relationship. Oh, wow. Um, we would have Bible study together. Wow. Like, we had a dedicated time for, for Bible study every Thursday mm. at 7 o'clock. We would have Bible study. And I remember the first um, book that we read was actually Ephesians, but it wow, was so that's short. A, that's a good... Ephesians, sorry. I love the book of Ephesians. So it that's a really good. good book to start out with. It was good. It's a lot of popular scriptures in there. Mm-hmm. But um, I remember as a kid at my grandma's house, actually, I was like, I'm going to read the Bible. And I just started in Genesis, and then it got to this is the son of this person. And I'm just like, child, yes. I can't even read that good. Yes. <laughs> I don't know these names. Yes. And I was probably seven or eight. I'm like, mm-hmm. and it was probably the King James Version. So. I did not make it past, you know, in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. (laughs) But yeah, yeah, we started in Ephesians, and then the next book we read was Isaiah. Wow. And that's when, like... A deep dive. That's when I really got into the Bible, and I was interested and intrigued, and I couldn't Mm. stop reading because it was such, like, a a story. It was an experience. Like, I, I felt what was being talked about wow, in Isaiah yeah. and it didn't feel good. Oh yikes. <laughs> well, you know, yeah. <laughs> it did not feel good in the first half. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But that's kind of how I got in the word. Just having that accountability partner who was who grew up in a household where they read the word, who grew mm-hmm. up in a household with people who have actual relationship mm-hmm. um with God. So I'm glad I had that kind of push and that encouragement. And then after a while, like sometimes I would pick up the Bible on my own and I just became curious on my own and mm. I don't know I, every time I read the seat. word yeah every time I read the word I just get something new amen I just I get something that. new yeah. every time and now I'm just like let me read my word and get some tea <laughs> it's always something juicy in there yes I think that's true I I yeah there's always something in there tea. I know growing up like I heard a lot of bible stories in like you know bible class I'm like my mom would try to teach us about having a relationship with God. Like she would try to give us memory verses and like things to memorize. That's what, that's how I memorized Psalm one. But like, as we got older, the busier life got like that kind of went away. And like, I know she would kind of make time for that herself, but it wasn't really instilled in us to do it. And, um, it was like hard to get into reading the Bible, having a relationship um, because there was not such a visible example of that. And outside of like the Bible stories that we hear all the time or the Bible stories that we talked about at church, as we mentioned, the church was very theatrical, performing arts heavy. Um, you know, outside of those stories, I just didn't know really what was in there. And the Bible is definitely an experience. It's not a boring book. There's murder in there. Cheating. (laughs) There's lust in there. Yes. Yes. There's everything. Um, you, you can think of it. It's in the Bible. Tea. Truly. Tea, honey. Have a cup. <laughs> yes. Have a couple. Yeah. Have a couple. It's like watching, you know how people talk to the TV? Yeah. When that's me reading the Bible. Yeah. I stop after every couple of verses. I'd be like, I know he did not yeah. just say that to it's- my Lord. <laughs> not to what my is Lord. wrong with you? Yes. Or sometimes I walk away like, man, that's me. Like people that um in the bible that like i always think about the rich young ruler when he was like i've done everything right i want to follow you jesus and god was like sell everything and follow me like and he was like 
Oh uh, no, because he, he was a man of so many possessions. And I just think a lot of times where I knew that God was like calling out to me, but it was like, I didn't want to leave all the things that I had for myself, like relationships I had built, um, different things that I liked, like, um, in the first episode, I talked about how much I smoked weed, you know, about that experience. Amen. And it was like, I didn't want to walk away from that. I didn't want to walk away from when I would like drink and party. I didn't want to walk away from that. I didn't want to walk away from having sex. I didn't want to walk away from all these different things. Um, and so it was like, I would just walk away from God kind of sometimes with a sorrowful heart because I didn't want to sell what I had built for myself you know um and so it's like i recently dealt with that though mm, do you mind sharing <laughs> yeah i've i'm at a point now well maybe like the last year or so for me i've honestly had to unlearn everything that i've ever knew mm. even just me going to college like i went to school for accounting mm-hmm. and uh, you know you go to college you get a nice corporate job and mm. that's the american dream and I did just that. I did everything I was supposed to do. And then some, I had an amazing collegiate career and I get to corporate America and I'm just like, not impressed. Wow. I've had internships, impressed. Everybody loves me, but it was just really a challenge coming in full time, being one of the only African-Americans. Also going to HBCU where I'm the majority to come mm. into corporate America where it's the real world now and I'm the minority. Yeah. And um, sometimes I just felt less than mm. or like I didn't deserve a seat at the table. Mm. But one day um, I was listening to Travis Green preach at Transformation Church. Wow, yeah. And he talked about using stones, not bricks, because like bricks are man-made. And mm. um, wow. he was saying the only reason you have a seat at the table is because God wanted a seat at the table. Mm. And it has essentially it has nothing to do with you. So once I heard that, I'm like, I need to suck it up because clearly I'm I'm here for um, I'm here for a reason. Yeah. So yeah, but it was really a struggle just adjusting to corporate America, just trying to make it work for me because this is what I'm told that I'm supposed to do. My family's mm-hmm. proud of me. I'm living downtown in a high rise. You know, I'm doing it big apparently yeah. according to them, but it it just wasn't. The life for me, I even got promoted out of a rotational program, a 10-month program. I got promoted in four months to, like, the highest division of wealth management in the family office and still wasn't happy there. My passion is to educate the younger generation on Mm -hmm. financial literacy. So my goal was to learn about financial literacy. I'm working in investments, and I'm working with, like, really mean white people, Mm. essentially. And, um... It's just everything that I thought I wanted to. You know, this is like, who wouldn't want to work for millionaires? Yeah. I mean, ho- household names. Who wouldn't want to work for them? Who wouldn't be happy yeah. doing that in college? I'd be like, yeah, I love I love to work for them. But um, it wasn't. I wasn't happy doing so. But unfortunately, I had an incident at work. I keep saying essentially. That's my favorite word. It's okay. Period. <laughs> <laughs> but... Yeah, who wouldn't want to work for millionaires? I tell people about my job. They're like, oh, that sounds so cool. That sounds so awesome. But I'm stressed out. I'm having anxiety attacks every day. I vividly Mm. remember slamming my... I was trading. And it's 
245 or 240 the market closes at three and i'm trying to place a last minute trade and i just don't really work well under pressure Mm. i'll always come out golden but it's it's just not good for me, for my heart, yeah, honestly. It, it really takes a, a wear and tear on my heart. And I vividly remember slamming my laptop shut and just like, I'm not doing this. Wow. I'm not doing this. I'm not doing this. I'm not doing this. And that trade really needed to get through that that, that day. Yeah. And if you know the market, like what was yesterday is not today not be, and what's oh, yeah. today is not tomorrow or the next minute or the hour. Yeah. So um, literally, I'm, yeah. I low-key dropped the ball. I sent the, before I closed my laptop, I sent... An email or a message to one of my coworkers saying, I need to log off. And I slammed my laptop shut. Next thing I'm getting a call from the CIO mm, saying, like, hey, wow. is everything okay? And they were just very compassionate with me, oh, wow. very so understanding. Nice. Yeah. And they honestly shouldn't have. Like, I honestly should have been fired for that mm-hmm. because this is investments. Yeah. And then, like, if you can't handle the heat, then you need to get out the kitchen. <laughs> um, but in that period, God was just essentially helping me to um, be transformed by yeah. the renewing of my mind. And um, sometimes we go for the glitz and the glamour. You want to go for the highest position. Yeah. And that's not always where God is or that's yeah. not always where he wants you. He wants you to win, but like you can win in other spaces. So that's I really right. hate that I had to go through so much like anxiety mm-hmm. and depression in their role but um it taught me that the top isn't as glamorous as it mm. as it seems that's such a good point that you make yeah. yeah so now i work with literally minority small owned businesses wow who you would consider to be the bottom of the barrel but i've been blessed beyond measure amen amen i love that praise be to god i love that for you <laughs> That's um, that's an important point to make as well because, and that is also a reflection of Jesus because he was, you know, when we talk about Jesus and it's Christmas time, so yeah. he was born in a manger, you know, and he is like the savior of the world and he was just birthed into such a meek place and as he walked the earth, he wasn't like, behold me, Jesus, king of the world, savior of all. He was literally just carpenter literally his his 14 um or 14 what am i saying 12 disciples and his other followers he had hundreds of hundreds of followers but he just took such a humble place and he would always say like i came to the brokenhearted i came like he wasn't like in the temple trying to talk to the priest he wasn't like going to kings he was literally going into different cities and not even always the most well-known cities he was going to the cities on the outskirts and he was going after people that were not in the best situations. Like when you look at the Peters and the different mm-hmm. people, he's like, Hey, you come and follow me. Like, Hey, I want to heal you. Like when he went to the man at the pool of the Bethesda Amen. and he, um, he had been lame for years and he went and healed him. And it's like, that is really the position that, Jesus took and so I think it's important and I like that you brought highlighted that that like it's not always about being at the top um, because that's really the position of Jesus as he's like from the bottom up and not from yeah. the top down um, and so I think that's important to think about to consider was there any point in that period for you where you're developing your relationship with God but you're experiencing all these different things at work 
that was tempting for you to draw back or that maybe kind of convinced you to like think like maybe I should give up on this as far as your faith goes were you tempted to like be like you know I'm supposed to be following God I'm working where I think I want to be but like this is not working out for me was any of that ever discouraging for you or did you just take it as a sign of faith and what God was doing in your life Honestly, it was a little bit discouraging, and it kind of did take me away from God in mm -hmm. a bit, because when I first moved back home from school, I didn't go to church. Mm. I went to, um, I don't, do I say the name? You know, it's up to you. Yeah. I went to a church in the city for a while, maybe for a few months just out of, because it was familiar, I was mm -hmm. familiar with the church, I was familiar with the pastor, so I went there. But I think I became so consumed with my job and just perfecting my job because I felt like I was so much more behind mm -hmm. than my peers. Um, I don't know if it was just maybe the way I grew up. My coworkers, you asked them how their weekend was. They went to their parents' beach house in Michigan, and you asked me how my weekend was. And, you know, I had to take my auntie to the doctor or something. Yeah. It's, you know, it's just yeah. we live two completely different lives but I remember working on the weekends or working on Sundays specifically just to catch up on Monday mm -hmm. just so I could be one up on them like that's how hard I had to work to just keep up constantly on Investopedia constantly writing down notes going to like mm -hmm. look at team chats going through notes and stuff like that wow. just kind of working overtime to simply keep not even excel but simply just keep up and for a while I, I've didn't go to church it's like mm. I didn't feel like it I'm so drained from the week I'm not even motivated to go to church but luckily I had I was in that relationship and I had that accountability where I'm not at church on Sunday but like I'm spending time in the word Thursday at seven o'clock and I'm really not even thinking about it because I was doing it like with someone who I loved mm -hmm. so I just kind of looked at it as spending time with them but like whole mm -hmm. time God was getting a hold of me wow. <laughs> um but yeah, but now that I think about it, once I got out of the role, mm -hmm. I started becoming more involved in church, started mm -hmm. showing up more frequently, yeah. even got involved um, at a certain point. But I guess it did kind of take me away for a while because I just, I wanted to be so great at it. And I should have known then that that's not what God had mm -hmm. for me because, you know, it shouldn't take yeah. up all of that time. Yeah, I like that. Um, what you said about like you know even though you were being consumed with work there was something that like God was drawing out of you and it's really I feel like those Bible studies and those things were planting seeds mm -hmm. um, and you never know kind of like when a seed is planted how it's going to sprout when it's going to sprout um, so that's a really beautiful thing you mentioned earlier about content creation oh. and um and creating content and like it started from you just like video journaling and like your prayers were really just a conversation with God and I like what you said there because a lot of my time starting out with praying well I feel like when I had my most genuine encounters and conversations with God was not like me going father God in the name of Jesus okay. you know it was just me being like God I'm upset or like help me I'm, I'm like, I would just break down crying and be like, God help me, God help me. Like, if, if you're real, that's what I'll say sometimes. If you're real, if you are who you say you are, help me. Um, and so 
as you sprung out into creating content um, and it really started from that journey of like developing your relationship with God, praying, um, where, where are you now concerning like your content creation and do do you also do you still video journal? I really like that. I think that's really cool. That's I personal interest. <laughs> I don't do it as much since mm-hmm. I got more into content creation. I still talk to I, I talk to myself. I've always talked to myself a lot. Even as a kid, I grew yeah, up as an only too. child. So I feel like sometimes I think I'm talking to myself, but I guess I was probably talking to God mm-hmm. the whole time. You were your own friend. Yeah. <laughs> okay, I'm a friend of God. But I haven't just sat down and talked, but I do have a folder where I put all of the videos in. The last video I probably did was before I started my locks a year and a half ago. And I was like, you know, I'm about to lock my hair. Here's why, whatever. And I have really haven't made an update video because life is just kind of. I had to hold. I've been holding on. Yeah, (laughs) I've been holding on. Do you mind sharing a little bit about that? Holding on. Yeah. Holding on. <laughs> Man. Uh, ooh. Yeah, I've been holding. I don't know. I've been holding on to his unchanging hand. Um, the 2020s have been rough. My yeah. 20s, period, it has yeah. been like I've experienced the highest of highs and the lowest of lows. Mm. Like I've, I've been at the mountaintop and I've been what it felt like the valley of the shadow of death yes <laughs> um, I love that you mentioned that really quickly um, because I like to think of this experience the life experience as the experience of mountaintops and valleys hmm. and you're high literally one day you can be high one day you can be low or in the same day you can be really high and then you can be brought really low um, yeah so I really like that you describe it that way yeah it was tough literally um, two days after I graduated from school. And for some reason, I was rushing to get home from graduation. I was so stressed out. Mm. And for some reason, I'm like, I have to get back to, like, I have to get back to Chicago. I have to get back home on this day. And I think I drove home on Memorial Day or mm. something. I graduated at 8 a.m. one day, got home at 5 p.m., packed my car, and I was gone the next morning at, like, 5 a.m. Wow. I was really ready I was ready to go. I had a bad experience my senior year, and I was just really ready mm-hmm. for my fresh start, for my new beginning. Yeah. And I came home. I'm hanging out with friends. We're at a taco restaurant, you know, tacos, margaritas. And um, when I leave, I get pulled over. And, you know, I had an experience. <laughs> um and it was kind of like a freak experience because I knew, and I really feel like this was a spiritual experience mm. because I knew that I, I really didn't do anything wrong. I've never been the type to, you know, just drink and get drunk and just make yeah. bad decisions. I don't, I'm very cautious. I'm very safe. I don't make risky decisions. If I have to think twice about it, I'm just not going to do it. If I can't make a decision, yeah. I'm not going to make a decision. That is true. That is who you are. Yeah. Yeah. I'm very safe. I'm just safe. <laughs> good to be safe safe amen um but yeah i didn't even finish the margarita that a small margarita didn't even finish it and i pull out of the parking lot and the police pulls me over and he says he pulled me over because um my light was out on my license plate 
And then he said, like, he smelled liquor or whatever. And granted, like, I just took one sip of a margarita. Well, multiple sips, but probably the, whatever. Yeah. I had a margarita. <laughs> <laughs> okay. I had a margarita. And um, he asked me to get out the car. And granted, I just got home two days ago. My stuff is still in my car. My wow, car is packed yeah. full. So he's asking me for, like, documents. And I'm just trying to, like, fish through and grab my purse. It yeah. was so much stuff. And then it looked bad because he said that he smelled liquor. So now he's asking me to get out the car. And it was just such a a terrible experience. But, like, he, I ended up having to do 12 hours in the county. And the 12 oh, hours wow. felt like purgatory. It felt like I was... 12 years. <laughs> no, not even. But it felt like an out-of-body experience. Like, I was wow. there waiting on something. It just didn't feel... It just didn't feel real. It mm, didn't... Even looking back on it, it didn't feel like a real experience it felt like I was just a spirit floating around and I even met a, a lady there who went to my old church and she mm. was in one of the productions and she was so nice to me because they wouldn't give me a blanket they took my shoes I didn't have wow. anything anything no shoes no blanket it's freezing in jail I pray that no one has to go <laughs> for any for any reason <laughs> yeah but um she was so nice to me. She shared her blanket with me. She shared her food with me. She let me call somebody. Wow. Like, she was just... She kind of protected me. Mm. And she was there maybe until, like, two hours or so before um, someone came and got me. But that experience really, like... It shook me up. Wow. It shook me up really bad. And that's when, like, I was like, I'm at rock bottom. Mm. That was the rock bottom. I had a bad experience at school. I just graduated. Everybody's so proud of me. Mm -hmm. And then I come home and I get arrested. Wow, yeah. And I'm just like, I'm I'm like, I just graduated two days ago. Like, am I going to lose my job? Am I going to wow, lose yeah. everything? This is not possible. I'm just known for being correct. Yeah, it's true. Yeah, I'm known for being right, <laughs> right and just <laughs> and correct. Having it together. Yeah. If you ask anybody about me, they're like, oh, Aaron's smart. Aaron, Aaron has it together. Mm -hmm. Period. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and at that point, I didn't. I just, it was a terrifying experience, but mm -hmm. it was really nothing but God. Yeah. It was really nothing but God, but I felt like it was him trying to separate me from like my college days mm -hmm. and mm -hmm. ways. And when I tell you, I will barely touch any substance mm. or well liquor at that but I think it was a perspective thing but it felt very spiritual it also sounds as you describe that story because you're talking about how you're known for being really right for being really correct you had such a good experience it sounds like God wanted to draw you out of self-sufficiency mm. and true dependency on him sure and it's like almost in a sense it's like you've always been in control of your experience yes. and I'm not saying that like God made you get arrested, but it almost seems like the door was open so that you could realize, like, you are not in control of your experience. Ciao. And that may have been the beginning of your journey of, like, really depending on God to know that, like, okay, I need him for these things. That's or exactly just what to it know was. that, like, it's not all dependent on you and who you are and what you can be and what you can do. Um, because we can take that approach to life. Especially when it's like, oh, I've, I've built this for myself. I've done this, blah, blah, blah. And then it's like something happens that it's like, whoa, what is going on? And it's like, I'm, I'm not in control. And like, I have to consult something, someone bigger than myself to really see me through this thing. And so it sounds like to me that like God was just drawing you out of self-sufficiency and like your own like 
you know, desire to be in control of your life, to really start the point of you um, seeking him and like having him to be the one and realizing that he controls your life and that he like, you know, is really what's, who's destining, I don't know, who's in control of your destiny, I guess is what I'm trying to say. Yeah. Um, That's exactly what so happened. I, I, you know, I love that for you, that you're on the other side of it now. Period. Going through those experiences can definitely be rather challenging. Um, I think I had like interrupted you talking about your content creation. Do you mind sharing a little bit about that? What kind of content you make? Um, what you share, let the people know where they can find your content. Um, do you still create content? Maybe I should start there. <laughs> I don't know. I mean, I guess I do create content. I don't know. I don't know. Because I don't have a niche. Yeah. I just like making products from start to finish. Talk about that. Talk about um, creating things from start to finish and like it's like I know we've talked about this a little bit before but you mentioned like you um not don't necessarily like you're not like creating content to be famous but it's like you you like the like you said the idea of like starting something and seeing it through yeah and so like yeah mm, yeah I, th- I feel like I didn't finish a lot of things as a kid mm. I quit a lot and I didn't have somebody to encourage me to keep doing things. My mom raised me to be very independent. So whatever I wanted to do, that's what I did. Hey, Aaron, do you want to go trick-or-treating? No, I don't. She like she just wouldn't make me do anything that mm-hmm. I didn't necessarily want to do. I very much so had free will. So anytime I got irritated or just didn't want to do something anymore, like I didn't do it, didn't mm-hmm. have to do it, and no one kind of pushed me or encouraged me to you know the, the importance of following things through yeah so making videos sometimes i just kind of found a satisfaction in completion mm. like just making tiny little i like tedious work like little tedious things that turns into like a big mm. masterpiece i don't ever see the big picture first like mm. i just like i'll do my own box braids and i don't i don't know how they're going to look i don't know what size they are but just you know Braid by braid. You like taking all the little steps and then seeing how that turns out. Yeah, and then you just kind of step back and relax. You're just like, wow, Mm -hmm. that came out nice. Like, I didn't see that happening. But, um, yeah, I find the joy in just finishing things now. And not just small things. Only the TikTok videos because, you know, (laughs) 10 seconds stops or or more, 30 probably. But um, I enjoy um, finishing I think that speaks to our faith experience. Um, one of my Bible teachers in high school, I went to a Christian high school, and um, he was probably like my favorite teacher in the whole school because he was so genuine. And I felt like a lot of my teachers in high school, a lot of the people that I went to high school with, um, I, I met and know some very genuine people from there. But a lot, I felt like I didn't always get to see the genuine side of people, but that's getting into something else. What I really liked about this Bible teacher was he um, he would say, like, you are being saved. Like, when mm. you get saved, he would talk about the process of salvation. Like, he really broke it down. He deserves, like, 10 stars. He's amazing. Shout out to him. Um, yes. I think Mr. Long. Mr. Long was Shout his name. Shout out to Mr. Long. Shout out to Mr. Long. But he, um, he always talked about, like, the day that you get saved is not, like, that's not it. But, like, we are being saved. And I think in that process, like, 
as you take steps with your faith, you know, it's like one step at a time, but all these different steps and all these different seasons that you go through, whether it's the mountain season or the valley season, like it always leads to the finished and complete work of God in your life. And we don't know what that looks like, right? Mm -hmm. God knows what that looks like. And not to sound morbid, but we won't know until we die. Like we'll know, like God will show us like, this is your purpose in the season or like give you a vision for something sometimes. But like, we don't know the complete total plan and will and everything for our lives. Um, and we won't until our day comes. But it's like being faithful to each part of the process, being faithful mm -hmm. to each step in the journey, I think is really important. And it's like, we want to, as humans, I think we have this innate desire to like know what's going to happen next because it can be fearful to do something and not know what's on the other side. Um, but like God always kind of takes us step by step. He's a light into our feet and a lamp into our path. And sometimes the light into your feet is you can only see like maybe a little bit of the next step and not even that. You just see where you are now and a light into your path. He's like showing you, okay, this is the path that you're on. This is where you're going. But you never see the whole like the whole the whole path. You never see the whole journey right away. Yeah. I actually, when I was transitioning from the family office to my current role or before I even applied for the role, my manager, well, my soon to be manager, the hiring mm -hmm. manager at the time was like, you know, I don't want you to rush into this role. And he, he called me. He was like, I want you to pray about it Wow. and you know, whatever. And the conversations that we would have just weren't regular conversations. We would mm -hmm. talk about church. You know, he knew my pastor, I knew his pastor. Mm -hmm. And, um, he told me to, to pray on it. So for like three days, I prayed and I fasted and I'm like, God, like, please give me instruction mm -hmm. on what to do. Mm -hmm. So that night, like I'm praying, I'm fasting that night. I have a dream mm -hmm. and I see a scroll hammered into stone. Wow. You know, like the, the Liberty Creek bell kind of yeah, yeah. with the crack in it. Yeah. Like that's how the scroll was just like embedded into this stone and when I tell you it was a detailed outline mm -hmm. I couldn't even because I couldn't read I not even had a magnifying glass like mm -hmm. up on the scroll just trying to read what it was and I couldn't make it out but it was the most detailed outline I had ever seen like wow. really tiny writing but very detailed very descriptive and I couldn't read anything on what it said but I'm like God has big plans for my life Wow! but that's and it's set in stone at that but yeah. I definitely tried to read it and get into the nook and crannies. But I don't think I can handle, like, I wouldn't be able to handle the full yeah. vision. Like, I, I, some people are a big, big, like, big picture people, but they don't know how to execute. Like, they yeah. just have ideas. Yeah. And they throw them out, but they don't necessarily know how to break it down mm -hmm. and, and execute it. But, um, yeah. Yeah, I, I think... What I like what you said there when you say, um, like, uh, how God showed you that scroll, it reminded me of like in the Bible, it talks about hiding his word in your heart, mm. and like he shows us sometimes, like, maybe what the end result of something will be, but not how we're gonna get there. And it's like I've heard people say, and maybe you have too, it's like, if we knew what the journey there was gonna be, maybe we wouldn't go because it's like maybe. I remember similar experience where I felt like God was really showing me like, you know, this is where you're going to end up. 
and it was a good place, you know, like it was in his purpose and in his plan. At the time, I had no desire to be there, <laughs> to be completely honest. But at the same time, it was encouraging to me because it gave me something to hope for. But I just couldn't see how I was going to get there from where I was because at that time, I was still drinking. So I'm smoking, I'm drinking. I was in this relationship that was, out of all the relationships I had, that was probably like the most toxic. And I just didn't see. We've been there. Yes, we have. <laughs> Shout out we to have. the toxic relationships. <laughs> Thank you. Shout out. We're praying for y'all. Still to this day. Maybe I should. I don't know if I. Yeah. I Shout out to the them. toxic relationships. Yeah. But yeah, it's true. Because they, they, draw, they draw something out of you in a way. Um, but like, I just didn't see how my life was going to turn. I, I would never see myself here to where I am today. And I definitely didn't see how my life was going to turn around in any way for those things to happen. But to a sense, it gave me hope. But it's like, if I saw the process, I would have been like, you know what? I'm good right here in the toxicity and the drinking and the smoking. And it's fine with me. Um, But I think, and it's not like the drinking and the smoking was like the only thing that was bad. It was like I had a lot of bad habits. My mindset was just totally wrong. Like there were so many different things. But it's like, if we know always the process, we won't do it. But it's like, if we have God's word written in our hearts, if we know, like, because when you have his word written in your heart, then you start to desire the things that he desires for you. And it's like, we should go after those things. And it's like, those then turn your desires to what he desires for you. And then you start on the path, you start on the journey. And it's like, in that time, then like, those plans that you saw that you were trying to see with the magnifying glass are revealed to you, yeah. but in time, because if you see something before your time, or if you see it later than you should have, you know, you realize something later than you should have, you get filled with regret. You see something too soon, you become intimidated by it, you know? And it's like, God doesn't want to set you up to fail. Mm-hmm. Hope deferred makes the heart sick, yeah. you know? And it's like, you know, take it step by step. God will show you what you need to know to get to the next step. And so, um, you know, I think there's something in that as far as like your content creation process, but I think there's also something in that as far as like what you shared about the vision that you had, um, and really getting to the point of like, okay, you know, should I do this? Should I not do this? God was just showing you a piece to get you to the next step. When your boss called you and he was telling you to pray and you began to pray, but it wasn't really like God saying, this is everything. This is where you're going to yeah. end up. But he's showing you, I have a plan. What is that? Jeremiah 29, 11. Yeah. For I know the plans I have. That was actually like the first time I ever heard the voice of God. Mm. I it was that verse. Jeremiah 29, 11. Yeah. I, um, I applied for something and like, I didn't get accepted mm. and I wanted it so, 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 so bad. Mm-hmm. And I worked so hard, like mm-hmm. for I'm for years, like wow. like just you know just working really, really. You know how you just put your all into something, yeah. And you don't get it. Well, not you know you just you're just kind of like disappointed. It's not even the yeah. fact that I didn't get it. It was just the disappointment because yeah. I truly gave my Everything. very best, my very all. And I just remember weeping, weeping in the bed. And God said, "For I know the plans I have for you," says the Lord. Mm-hmm. And I stopped crying. Period. And then cry about it again. Wow. Wow. Didn't think about it again. <laughs> Still don't. Wow. Because Praise the Lord. He knows the plans. 
he does. And look at where you are now. And you're definitely on your way to somewhere great. Period. I just want to encourage you. I, I, I love the journey that you're on. And I know that um, I just feel this is the beginning. Like, where you are right now is the beginning to you doing more than you even want and more than you're expecting. And so I pray that God continues to have this, you on this journey. I thank you for being here enjoying the morning podcast for sharing what drew your way what drew you to god and like those little things in between because it's all a part of the process and i just really the goal with this and with having guests and of joining the morning is to really draw attention to the details of that process of being in faith um, because like we kind of mentioned earlier about the church experience everything is meant to look like glitz and glamoury and like mm-hmm. you believe in god like oh everything's gonna be great but it's like there are different parts of the process that are good and that are bad and and that are hard and that deserves attention because that's the real experience. And I think a lot of people, they quit as far as faith goes because things start getting difficult and they're like, but God is supposed to be blah, blah, blah. He's supposed to be making things good and like he's not taking care of me, but like sometimes he has to have you go through the process because it's drawing something out of you or it's working something in you. And if we don't have that experience, we won't be able to get all of the good that he has. Yeah. So thank you for sharing your story. Thank you for drawing into those details. Um, is there anything that you want to share before we kind of sign off here? Um, yeah, sure. I just encourage everybody that like, when you feel like you're at your lowest, when you're at rock bottom, just remember that Jesus is the rock. Mm, that's and, good. You know, you're at rock bottom, but like that's where... God is yeah. at the same time. So in those low points is where I really found God, encountered God literally at rock bottom. So, you know, just keep that in mind. Amen. Jesus is the rock. I Jesus did. is the rock. <laughs> <laughs> well, thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for being here. I'm sure you'll be back again because, Period. you know, there's much to discuss. But um, thank you for being the first guest. And thank you for all my listeners joining the morning podcast. Um, I'll see you next time. That concludes this episode of Join the Morning Podcast. Thank you so much for listening. The next episode will be January 12, 2024. Happy New Year in advance. There's so much to look forward to in the new year. Don't forget to follow on Instagram for updates at Join the Morning Pod. And please follow on Spotify and Apple Podcasts so you can be alerted when the next episode drops. I'll see you in the new year. Yeah. I'm